Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 181 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go out in the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks for being here this week and thanks for tuning into the podcast. Now in this week's episode we are chatting with Callum McBain about taking his racing to the next level, racing in the Enduro World Series, following his love for steep fast descents on the Downhill World Cup Series, being Scottish champion and funding the privateer lifestyle. It's a little theme we've been playing with over the last few episodes of the Bike of the Dirt Fund project and how those guys get started and how those guys are funding the very likes of Callum McBain, £1,000, to help further their career racing professionally and following their dreams. Now, it just happens that Callum was the first person to get funded by the Dirt Fund project. So we chat to him about that and how that came about after filling in an application form and getting a phone call the very next day saying he was awarded the money. Unbelievable. We chat to him about coming from a Moto X background from a very early age and why he swapped into mountain biking. We chat to him about how he saved very hard. He saved his pocket money, saved working paper rounds, all this kind of stuff to buy his first bike and how he gets so hooked on racing at quite an early age. We also chat to him about how he feels after being given a position to join the first Scottish downhill team, the support he gets from that team and how that's made him feel and push forward and push more towards his 2021 race goals, what he kind of wants to achieve there and how he's going to go about doing that. We chat about all this good stuff, all the stuff that privateers think about, aim for, all the other things they have to deal with along the way, everything from funding to motivation to gear, everything that goes along with that. So we get all into it with Callum. He's a very, very skilled rider for such a young age, and um, it was great to get him on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get Callum on the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi, Callum. Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. Thanks for coming on this evening, man. How's things with you? Yeah, it's really good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, really uh, excited to go on my first podcast. So have a talk about myself and get a chat with you. It's pretty interesting. So yeah, looking forward to it. And yeah, that's about nice. it. <laughs> nice one. Mate. See how it goes. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, I done. Let me see. I've done well at the minute. I've done like a hundred and eighty of these, right? But um, bike around not this christmas but the christmas before glenn o'brien who's i don't know if you know of glenn but he's a big he's he's an irish mega you know he asked me look why don't we do something different for christmas why don't i interview you for the podcast and it's the first time i'd kind of done something like that see to be honest i was quite nervous <laughs> yeah yeah put in the spot <laughs> strange because, how that works <laughs> i because i don't think i'm that interesting you know, and I was like, well, you know, Glenn's going to have a hard time coming up with questions here. And I don't really know if I can talk that much <laughs> about them, you know. So here, listen, thanks for coming on, Matt. It'll be great. To, you'll, you'll have a lot more interesting stuff to talk about than me, yeah. I can assure you. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, so, Callum, listen, I want to chat about your racing, your privateer uh 
all that kind of stuff that you've got going on, chat mm-hmm. a little bit about your training and things, and obviously we'll chat about the, the Dirt Fund project and how that's helped out. Um, but first of all, I like I like to start by just getting a little bit to know you better and a wee bit more about you. So you're from Scotland, born and raised in Scotland? Yeah, so I was born in Aberdeen, uh, northeast of Scotland. Uh, yeah, and I've stayed here all my life, just stayed in a small little village myself. Uh, with my parents, yeah, so my parents split up when I was younger, so kind of my dad lives up in a different part of uh, Scotland, so, mm. so just kind of split between them during growing up, but uh, yeah, so I started off with the, with the biking was just like in our family, really, to start off with, so it was kind of right. always there and whatnot, but uh, yeah. Did your did just, your parents do it kind of thing or? Uh, my dad was uh, dad was into biking before me, uh, before like before me and my mom didn't really have much to do with the the biking, but it was kind of just a family thing before they split up. But uh, yeah, it was just my dad really. He done uh, road racing, uh, ones like he used to race around Knock Hill and whatnot, and then done some motocross for training and so it's and I think my grand does as well in the past they actually done motocross racing as well so there's old pictures of stuff like that in the house <laughs> it's pretty cool so it's kind of yeah it'd be in my blood that it's there with the the biking kind of thing so cool. yeah it's cool yeah definitely man can I do you mind me asking what age you are yeah I'm 22 years old Right, you're 22, okay. So you've left, are you at university? Are you working? What kind of stuff are you doing? Uh, so, well, I left school and I've completely apprenticeship in mechanical engineering, just in the in an oil company, actually in the same village I stayed in. So I was there for five years. Uh, I was fully, fully qualified now, but I got paid off last year. Uh, just coronavirus and everything, it just... They were just laying people off, so I unfortunately lost my job. Mm, man. Uh, so I was left in a bit of a position last year, which opened lots of opportunities for me, which I didn't think it was going to. So yeah, it just kind of happened. Everything kind of happened for a reason. There it was just just kind of going with the flow, not going to fight it or whatever. Just mm-hmm. look at the opportunities that was presented and just take take them and use them but uh yeah done that and then i kind of yeah just after i left school i done that and then went straight to after that job i just had a bit of a break and then after the kind of summer period i went and done some plumbing work with one of my friends and then i've now got a job working as a it's actually a civil engineer but we do trail building it's actually the main trail building company in the northeast of scotland Really? So wow. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much my dream job I've landed. So it kind of worked out well, well for me. But uh, yeah, it's like the kind of the job I always wanted in school, looking up to people in like Whistler digging tracks for bike parts and stuff. And I'm gonna be hopefully be doing some of that around Scotland this year, which is just yeah, I can't make it up. It's yeah. pretty cool. Amazing, man. Amazing, isn't it? Just so crazy the way things happen sometimes. <laughs> Oh, sure is. This sure is. Yeah, just have yeah. to take a step back and yeah, just have to appreciate things sometimes. And yeah, even though it is a bit hard that when you get told something like that, I'm sure it's just the making the most of like what you have and you play 
with the strengths and it normally works out for for you so yeah yeah and like scotland you know you'll know better than me but from chatting to people on the podcast and stuff here like it's a pretty big mega for mountain biking you know what i mean it seems to have a lot going on there and you have some kind of governing body over it that that's more involved in getting the trails built correctly and all this kind of stuff is that right do you know anything about that yeah well yeah i think the mountain bike industry has been well it's definitely growing in the northeast of scotland like over the last yeah i'd say a year or two now it's kind of just exploded almost kind of like the tweed valley you'd say the inner lethal direction that's definitely been a bigger scene for much longer than, than what we have been so it's it's really cool just to see people in the northeast uh getting into mountain biking and yeah the scene's massive the, but there's lots of well we have our trail uh aberdeen trail association which my uh uh girlfriend's dad actually ran for a bit so it's pretty cool get <laughs> good involvement with all the different things so yeah just he was running the trail association doing the yeah, just all the dig days and whatnot, keeping the trails maintained. And then, yeah, we're looking at staying with my job. My job plays a big part in it as well and getting new trails up and running. And, like, we don't have much trail centres at all, really, in the northeast of Scotland. Like, we don't have no uplift. We don't have no lifts. So it's kind of limited just to you paddling about. Mm-hmm. It's There's no really, like, there's nothing there yet. There is plans, but plans are just going to take a bit of time i think and it's a lot of money involved with it but it's just the funding yeah it's just it's not there yet but hopefully it comes about in the next few years because it's a growing growing massively definitely in the northeast of scotland and yeah to be a part of it's going to be pretty cool hopefully yeah Uh, yeah like you love that you're you're getting into it at a great time as well you know just with the explosion and and more mainstream people kind of getting into it with the covid thing and everything you know there's a lot more families getting involved and it's now a day out for families you know what i mean and i've seen it here in ireland like it's unreal it, it really is cool man mm-hmm. it really is cool um yeah so you're, you're hitting that at a good time you should have plenty of work <laughs> yeah well definitely well i've I've actually like done my leadership award as well for mountain biking. So the plan is in the future to have my own coaching and leadership company. So it's hopefully just all rolls into one one thing, like amalgamized into one thing. So yeah, yeah just just kind of keep the whole thing local and yeah, just try to build the scene up and yeah, it's definitely deserving because the trails and the people around northeast. It's just, it's just, is class. Like everybody loves it. People that come from Inverness or down south England or whatever, they always really like it. And people that have raced the Scottish Enduro Series always came up to Pitfecky for the, the round and loved it and said it was the best round they had. So mm-hmm. yeah, it just shows you. It just needs that little bit of a pushing to get it to where it needs to be. So yeah, yeah like your what's your scene like you know have you many friends from school that ride with you like what's what's your bunch of me it's like that you ride with so actually uh I, like when i first got into mountain biking it was my school friends that i seen they were into mountain biking and i kind of just followed their i thought it looked cool and it, i was into like motocross and everything before but mm-hmm. like never had my parents didn't have enough money to continue with that so i was 
looking for something else because I always want to go fast and just get out and be away and dig stuff and whatnot. And yeah, my parent, my friends got into it from school. I kind of hard way with them once I started working and kind of made some new friends whilst at the races and uh, racing the Scotland Downhill Series and yeah just meeting people in the northeast of Scotland whilst I was out and about on my downhill bike didn't have an enduro bike just pushed my bike about everywhere (laughs) yeah just out just making fun little tracks and just having a good time with my friends and then yeah they've kind of stayed my stayed with the kind of base group of my friends since then maybe like four years now so and mm-hmm. then there's new people kind of younger folk getting in abouts with it and yeah it's really good it's just really good to see it's a growing scene so mm-hmm. yeah cool and like i always ask guests you know like yourself that aren't long out of school like what made you stick with mountain bike and we know that you get into it because of your father but like what made you stick at it because i find it very hard for kids that are at school high school and stuff and you know there's nothing like that offered mm. to them so you know either yeah. if you either play football rugby or something you know <laughs> like what made you not go down those <sighs> routes and stick with mountain biking was there any particular reason i think just because i kind of grew up i started riding motocross when i was like four years old and then started racing when i was like five and a half so i i would just in my blood to do that kind of thing I've just been racing all my life and I just love racing and I got into mountain biking to race just really just that's really? where I yeah I just got in, I just love racing so I thought I'd try it out and I, I watched so much stuff at school whilst I was probably supposed to be studying about world cups and all <laughs> this kind of stuff just I'm scrolling through pink bike all the time <laughs> so I'd get all my graphics communication stuff finished early so I could go look at pink bike and <laughs> <laughs> do that kind of stuff but yeah just yeah. I never I had to buy my first like I saved up do like my paper round uh for like a year just solid just getting 15 pounds a week whatever it was 30 pounds a week if I worked double rounds to save up for my first bike I got from Fort William and it was just a hunk of shit <laughs> it yeah. was so bad but uh yeah I saved up going on bike and then just I then got a job and then saved up again Bought myself a YT Industries Chuez. Uh, started racing, well, started racing on my other bike, but the Chuez kind of opened up a bit more to what I could do because it was a very capable bike. And then, yeah, from there, I kind of just, every year I just saved up my money and then some sponsorships got involved from down south from my downhill from England, my direction, and then got some free bikes and it just kind of, Esc- like this kind of every year I was building up and building up and building mm-hmm. up and yeah that's just what kind of just addicted to the racing really just like yeah going fast and just having I don't know it's just a purpose really just I like to have a purpose of just saving my money up and going stuff doing stuff at the weekends and being out with your friends and all liking the same thing and it's just really good I just the I'm not really too keen on the team sports but it's just I like just myself, just being able to focus on myself, really, and having only me to blame <laughs> for yeah. the for the times that are not that great. So yeah, like it, it is such a cool lifestyle to be involved in, and even more so now. I think it is it's such a good community to be involved in. But you started off. You were saying there you started racing 
when you were five-ish. Like, was that on a motocross bike? Yeah, so I started racing, like, the, oh, it was club rounds, so, like, in the Grampian, like, the northeast of Scotland, and uh, ended up progressing to do, like, the Scottish rounds, and just on the little automatic uh, mm-hmm. KTM bikes, and then end up doing the 65s for a year or so, but then that's where my parents split up, and money was an issue, so it wasn't kind of stopped when I was nine years old, but I got into it when I was really early, I had a PW50, yeah before that so I was fleeing about in fields and I was away every weekend on the bike with my dad and yeah just that's all I'd done was road bikes road BMX built jumps hurt myself that was just <laughs> the childhood <laughs> I lived so I was pretty fortunate to have a pretty cool upbringing getting traveled around Scotland and race motocross and it's actually Scottish champion when I was a kid wow. so it's pretty yeah it's just been really fortunate for that but you don't see it at the time it's not until you grow up you you really kind of appreciate what your parents have done for you yeah so So you you stopped riding motocross and stuff like that stuff with an engine around the age nine and then did you pick up a mountain bike straight after or did they overlap or was it a number of years uh there was i actually done uh, I stopped for a year and then done this I think called mini motor racing, like road, you know, like the road bikes, the little mini yeah. road bikes. Done that for a year and finished third in Scotland in the Scottish series <laughs> behind some people that are like doing pretty big things, like road racing. Uh, there was Lewis Rollo, they're all racing like British super bikes now, so wow. it was pretty cool to be in like that kind of thing with them. So I done well at that and like a bit little stock bike and then. Dad kind of just left it at that again. <laughs> it was just money. Yeah. That's all. But it's a shame. But then I kind of, we just left it for a few years and then I got onto a bigger bike later on, the, the KTM 85cc, and just went out for fun, just for something to do, not serious at all, just to get out. Because I had mm-hmm. nothing really going on apart from just me riding BMX. And I just wanted to go racing. I just was <laughs> dying to go racing again. So. Yeah, and I just mountain biking followed after that. That was yeah. kind of just the 85s to then mountain biking, really. Yeah. But, uh, the, yeah. You know, it's it's absolutely crazy the number of people I've spoken to on the podcast here that have got into mountain biking from motocross or <laughs> from trials or something with an engine, you know. And it's the same story... You know, and I used to be, when I was younger too, I had my first motorbike when I was six. And I used to ride with a mate and I used to work, help a mate out in his farm and work with him. And then after we worked, we'd go out in the, you know, the motocross bikes after work. He had a fade mm-hmm. head, kind of made into a, a track. But for David and for myself and all these other people I've been speaking to, it's the money side of things that's the problem with motocross. It's so freaking expensive. You know? Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and <laughs> it's unreal. Oh yeah, like tires alone. Forget about fuel. Forget <laughs> about parts. Just think rubber. Yeah. You know, and uh, <laughs> take a mortgage out. But it's crazy, dude. And you know, but so many people get into mountain biking because it's similar in ways, and I suppose it attracts the same kind of audience. But it's so much more cheaper um, overall. But do you think? coming off a motorbike, stepping off a motorbike and stepping onto a mountain bike, how do you think it helped you on the mountain bike? Uh, really just from 
ride a bike at like faster higher speeds at that young age is kind of just it's kind of almost just drilled into you to go fast so you're not really scared of going fast on the mountain bike because your average speed's much lower so you're not really scared of that you're kind of you're just thriving for that speed you're trying to get as much speed as you can so where some people are maybe a bit more scared that that wasn't scary at all for me was the jumping kind of thing that would maybe was a little bit more scary as well but yeah, just that kind of thing there is not. Yeah, I think you can just from from people I've chatted to anyway. I think you can just adapt to it a lot quicker, as you say. The speed doesn't bother you. The air time doesn't really bother you. Um, so that's already in your system. Mm-hmm. And like you say, if anything, you're going too slow on a mountain bike. You know. So I think it's once you get used to how the bike reacts and weight distribution and all will be a little bit different. But once you get that dialed in, you can be fast on the bike and very fast at getting fast on the bike, if that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of like, like since my family weren't really into mountain bikes, I was kind of just doing it off, just kind of doing my own and my friends. I kind of, the folk I was riding with, I was kind of just, they were, they were quick people, but I kind of was just kind of, passing where they were like ability wise and it was just just going out and just watching videos and practicing all the time just thinking about what I was doing the technique and then I got to a point I think my technique wasn't I just didn't start off with the right technique because of motocross it's actually funny I think motocross gave me the wrong kind of way to ride the bike and kind of like arms the arms direction that I always thought my elbows up was the right way to do it and it is in some ways but for me, it doesn't work as well. So what happened was, I think I ended up having a terrible crash in 2000. And I think it was 18. Uh, 2018, I had I had a really bad crash uh, at the start of the year at Interleith, and I broke both wrists and my dislocated oh, my elbow. You're joking so me. I it took me. I think I was on the bike like three months after. It was stupid. I shouldn't have been doing that anyway, but. I want. I made sure to come back with the right technique, and I just because I was starting slow anyway. I was like, "This is the time to do it. I'll change what I'm doing and all the mistakes I've made." And I just watched heaps of videos myself, seeing all the things I was doing wrong technique-wise. And I'd done a day with Castle uh, before that actually, like that season at Fort William, and I learned so much just from that itself. So I can apply to everything and use that as a another starting point again and i've mm-hmm. i feel like that's helped me just having that crush has allowed me to like reset and become i feel like i'm just getting quicker and quicker and quicker all the time now because i'm not i'm not restricted by my position on the bike i'm kind of just opened up mm-hmm. a whole new kind of thing to go in faster so and i'm just learning all the time so just learning all the time yeah for sure man for sure and like can you remember your first race in a mountain bike yeah, yeah. It was uh, I think it was in two thousand and fourteen. Uh, I'd have to check. I think it was in it was in our lease. I just went down with my dad. I had the bike in the back of the motocross trailer. <laughs> uh, just went down and I didn't really go too well. <laughs> I think I just wanted to just let go of the brakes all the time and that kind of tracks. I wasn't used to. I was. I only rode tracks with like a gradient of like one degree before mm-hmm. riding in Erleithen, which was like 
really tight and steep and quite mm-hmm. a few shingly sections in it. Was quite it was well out of my ability really. So I th- I had a crash in my race on that one and I ended up uh, really hurting myself. And I think <laughs> I finished like fourth or something. But it was like that kind of new there and then. This is like the thing I want to be doing. And then it took me basically another year to do my next one. And it was pretty cool. We got to go to my, uh, my local track pit Ficky mm-hmm. do the Scottish Downhill Series there. And I think, I can't remember what I was in, what class I was in, it was junior or youth or something. And I think I finished fifth or whatever. So, but I was, I looked like a goon back in the day. I was, had all my old motocross gear on and I just had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> so I just figured it out all myself really and just, turned up try to go fast and have fun but uh yeah just after that and just the next year was kind of the first year 2016 i think it was my first full season trying mm-hmm. to go at it and then just every year since then apart from 2019 wasn't great with it because of the i missed or 2018 i missed a bit of it because of the injury or mm-hmm. i can't remember what year it was i injured myself i think it was 2019 actually Okay. I think it was 2018. You just time flies. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I want to ask you something. I'm looking at your results, right? And or in 2017 at Fort William, you came third, right? You mm-hmm. got a bronze. From that point on, your record is pretty freaking awesome so like before that you were doing well okay like fourth eighth sixth eighth 42nd i don't know what happened you there but um ninth 11th then you had your third at fort william and then you went fourth second seventh first fourth first second second first first uh, uh, right the firsts and the seconds keep yeah. going I, I don't need to go but what do you think happened at that race that made do you think that was a confidence thing? Yeah, I think, like I think before then, it was, it was just you just don't know what your ability is really, and you just need to believe in yourself. I think with the downhill mountain biking, it's a lot of it's just mental. It's not you can. I didn't even train at that point, so my physical ability was was terrible. It was not. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. So that alone would have made me. I don't know how much slower than the quick boys, but. Yeah, my uh, the mental side of things it helped keeps just knowing that you are you belong like to be up on the podium. Like I hadn't felt that since basically being on the motocross biking. I was whatever seven eight years old, so it had been such a long time to have that, and it just felt good just to know that I was kind of on the right on the mm-hmm. right way up. And yeah, it was good. It was the, I think it was a British round as well that one so it meant, meant even more to me uh it was quite a big round when the british goes to the fort william before the world cup so there was a lot of mm-hmm. world cup riders there and whatnot so it was a big a big thing from there yeah like that that's pretty cool man you know and it's funny when you look at somebody's results like that you can't see that quite often you know they're they're obviously good they obviously are fast they have the skill they have the speed everything's there except maybe just the mindset and a bit of confidence but once they step on the podium like you did there at fort william Mm -hmm. then the results just click in and it's just really really awesome results from then onwards like 
Like, dude, you're killing it looking at these results. <laughs> no, it's just I've not. I think since my accident, I've not really had a chance. And because of coronavirus last year, I didn't really get to do like everything. I've not really had the chance to really show what I can do in the downhill side of things anymore. Like in 2019, I was Scottish downhill champion. But so I came back after like the worst crash I've ever had, and. Mm-hmm. I just kind of just I was just having fun on my bike that year. I was not going out to to win or race like race people. I was just going out to ride my bike just for the sake of it because I didn't want to injure myself again. And I ended up just doing really well because I was just free and I just just rode my bike. That was basically mm-hmm. all that happened. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it just shows you if you're just in the moment, it works. Yeah, I think that's when somebody can become really dangerous when they obviously have the skill and the speed and the knowledge and and everything else but when they can when they can link that with just relaxing mm-hmm. and just letting the things happen you know if you can get in that right frame of mind and you can link all those things together that's when somebody becomes really dangerous and i think that's what you have basically done there looking at those results okay. you know it's really really good can i just ask you um because you're still a young man, like what drove you towards the downhill thing rather than the enduro thing? Because I, I take it, I take it the enduro thing was happening and was gaining speed when you were getting into mountain bikes. Uh, to be honest, just what my friends were doing. It's just everybody rode downhill mountain biking, and Scott, like Scottish enduro series, had maybe just started, but it wasn't really well known, and I didn't get an enduro bike until three years ago anyway, so I didn't right. have an enduro bike. I couldn't afford both bikes, like just working, paying everything for myself. So I just went with the downhill bike, really. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't get into Giro until later on. But the downhill, and plus, I was always watching the downhill World Cups, and that's just what I wanted to do. Just from that point on, when I first started watching, I was just like, that is what I wanted to do, and that's where I want to be. And it's taken a lot longer than I thought it would it's like it's been but it's getting there i'm on the right tracks now so Mm -hmm. uh yeah so still you would still say that the downhill thing you would prefer it more to the enduro side of things Uh, well i've done an ews last year yeah Uh, it was only ews 100 but yeah you came fifth you came fifth (laughs) dude out of 93 Yeah, it was only one second (laughs) off third place but it was just unfortunate that that whole race with the weather and coronavirus and I was had much more planned for that last year but just never and if it went ahead yeah but I managed to get what I could afford and that was a trip to Zermatt on my way to Slovenia uh so I managed to do that and yeah fifth place was what I brought back but I didn't I had a I had reasoning for the fifth place it could have been a much better result but it was just it was just the conditions. They actually, I felt like it played into my hands a little bit, like on the day. Was that the one so, that was really, really wet? It was cold and wet, and I didn't have the right gear, and it was it was probably the, one of the coldest like condition race I've ever been to. It was just crazy. It was almost dangerous yeah. how bad it was. So, but yeah, I I think on the first stage on EWS I was. I think I caught like four people or something like that. 
and I ended up losing so much time. It was it was so crazy. I lost well over twenty seconds just following people just down the track. That it was such a single single track, and you couldn't get past, and you just yeah. had to like like obviously shout to get one pass. But yeah, I just expected a lot higher pace from some of the folk there, and I just was just seated in the wrong place, and yeah, wouldn't that loss made the podium, but hey ho. <laughs> You live and learn, but I was still really happy with how I rode, considering I was out there just with one of my friends, privateering it, terrible conditions, and I just made it happen. And I put myself in a good mindset and just rode my bike as well as I could. And it would, yeah, if it wasn't from the back markers, I would have been happily second place. So, uh, it's just a shame, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was that was a big. I just I think I would do Enduro World Series as well as the Downhill World, the Downhill World Cup. I think it's just where it's at for me at the moment. It's just mm-hmm. where everything's just lining up to be. And yeah, I've not really got to do a downhill race, and oh, it'll be almost two years since I get to it. So it's it'll be interesting going back and doing one of them. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, you moved on from Surmat. You then you went to the Slovenia one. Um, you came second in that. Yeah, so you yeah, obviously learned from the Surmat one. Yeah, I was I was actually like in Slovenia for a month doing like, like a, I was for a company called Mountain Bike Nomads. They've got like a holiday uh, place where people can go and just ride trails and they do uplift and whatnot in Slovenia. And I was actually the trail builder there with two of my other friends from Scotland uh, digging trails for, for a month in Slovenia. So it was pretty dreamy and yeah whilst i was there i got to race the national uh slovenian uh enduro race so and i was actually i think i was pretty close behind vid parsic which is uh or be a factory rider so mm-hmm. <laughs> i was uh, i had a good race i had a crash as well uh so yeah it was it was close between me and him which is good because i i felt like i was riding well and he's a really quick rider he's finished pretty well in the Enduro World Series so it was that coming away from that race for the final one in 2020 was yeah good feeling <laughs> to have knowing that you're you've got the speed as some of these top guys but just need to go out and show it to everyone mm-hmm. totally amazing man totally amazing did you enjoy like so 2020 was your first EWS kind of experience did you enjoy that kind of scene did you enjoy that bigger scene with all the pros and stuff there and the media and everything else that follows that i think because of coronavirus it kind of took away a lot of it because everybody was in their pits and zermatt i had to stay in the village uh below it i think it's called and you had to get a train up up to the village and then yeah it was kind of all just separated and it wasn't for me it didn't even compare to like anything I've been like any downhill race or whatever. It just because of the coronavirus, which was unfortunate. But yeah, I, suppose, I think the downhill yeah. scenes, downhill scenes where it's hot for spectators because you're all just focused on that one track and yeah, your parents or your friends can go come up and watch and yeah, it's cool. It's I think that for me is like plays a big part in it as well. You get to discuss things with your friends and all have a good time and not just. I think the Enduro World Series is more of an adventure and just kind of an all-round cool thing, but the downhills for racing is, for me, is the 
the thing I like most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you like the just the one the one run and the downhill thing? So you get one opportunity, you've one you've one go at it. Do you like that setup? Uh, yeah, I just I kind of almost thrive off of pressure sometimes. I don't like I think I, when I first started racing, I was kind of caught up in it a little bit, but. When I moved into elites and then, well, it was experts and then elites, I kind of just started, I knew I kind of was, I belonged to be at the top. And once you know you're, you belong to be there, you, it's fine. You just enjoy yourself. And as long as you're having fun, you don't, there's no pressure. And uh, yeah, the one, one thing, it doesn't really bother me at all. It just, you just ask what you work for. If mm-hmm. you don't have it that day, you don't have it. If you do, and you come down, it's not a great result. That's just more work needs to go in. And when you get a good, good result, it, it, there's no better feeling. No better feeling. Like, even compared to enduro, I think it's just hard to compare that one run thing. You turn around and your time's there and you know you've put in a good run. It's just, it just it can't beat it. You just cannot beat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost, I can certainly, I've never raced downhill, like, but I can certainly see the appeal of it where you can just leave it all out on that one mm-hmm. run you know what i mean and you don't have to there's more i won't say technique or anything but there's more planning almost has to go into an enduro because you have all the different stages and you have the climbs in between and you know whereas in the downhill you're at the top and you just you just have that one go at it that one and as you say you, you come over the finish line you look up see your time and there you are you know yeah i think i think with enduro, you're not riding, you're 100%. You're riding probably 80%. And you're just, that's just you basically being a fit, strong athlete. And obviously, you need to be like that with downhill. But with enduro, like enduro, you need to be, you definitely need to be really, really, really fit and just strong on the bike for the all, how many stages it is. But with the downhill, it is, I think you could, I think the mental side of things can, like, you could go really far with that. with a little bit less fitness but when you're fit on you're in a good place mentally you can it's just a really good uh yeah it feels like that's what racing is for me kind of the closest thing to motocross or whatever just going all out just just get that whatever five minutes for you just to Mm -hmm. show you what show what everyone you can do and yeah just it's just you kind of go into like a kind of hyperdrive kind of thing your brain just turns into just over thanks and it's just it's just a really cool feeling you don't get anything else really for me it's just the only way i can yeah i get that feeling there's no other mm-hmm. even within judo i don't really get as much it's just the downhill kind of thing it's just because you know you're laying it on the line <laughs> you're you're going really fast and there's a lot of consequences but yeah when you're riding well it's good yeah it's the kind of go beggar go home scenario <laughs> yeah there's a, <laughs> definitely a few few uh moments like that in a restaurant normally <laughs> i know if i tried it it would be go home all the time <laughs> <laughs> i've had a few go home moments i can tell you <laughs> uh yeah love to say our parts walking into work the next day so <laughs> yeah yeah man i'm sure i'm sure if i tried to go back i would certainly be going home and it wouldn't be in my own vehicle either i <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I've just had to make it work. <laughs> yeah, cool, man, cool. All right, let's uh, let's jump on a little bit. I want to chat to you about sponsors, and we'll get into the Dirt Fund project as well. But um, are you sponsored by anybody at the moment? 
So for this year, uh, I'm sponsored by a team in oh, a bike shop in Inverness called Orange Fox Bikes, and they have started a downhill World Cup team, first ever Scottish downhill World Cup team. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's a pretty massive thing. Uh, so I got a call got a call at the end of last year asking if I wanted to be a part of the team and I just like it's like I like it almost like my heart kind of like all weird because <laughs> everything slowed down because it was like felt like I, I was just dreaming about this happening so it's really cool and it just yeah whatever situation it is this year with traveling and whatnot hopefully we can get to the, the world cups and get to do some racing but if not I'm hoping even it'll be 2022 if not but yeah it's Orange Fox bikes are the ones in our teams called Five Five Five. The I think it's Gravity Development Downhill Racing Team. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's our team. So we've got four riders in it: two junior and two elites. So me and Luke Williamson that rode for Propane Factory Downhill Racing last year is the other elite rider. Wow. Uh, so. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool getting to learn from him and his experience of uh, racing World Cups. And then we've got uh, Douglas Goodwill, which is uh, uh, Mark that owned the shop. That's his son. So he'll be racing in Junior World Cups along with Ryan Bremlin. Uh, he's on our Scottish rider. Uh, so all four of us uh, will be hopefully turning up to the World Cups as, as the first ever Scottish downhill World Cup racing team. Amazing. On, all, all in common cells on the Supremes. So, yeah, really cool bike to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's that bike like? Because my mate rides one, uh, tra- one of their trail bikes. Um, I've only been out with them a couple of, because of COVID and stuff, I've only got out with them a couple mm-hmm. of times recently. So, I've not really seen it much. But, yeah, he seems to really like it, man. It seems to be a nice bike. Yeah, well, only got it maybe just over a month ago now, but I've only been on it for like, I've been out on it three weekends. It's just the only time I get at the moment. And it's not, I've not had like a lot of time on it, but from what I've, from what I've, the time I've had on it, it definitely feels like I'm like a very capable bike. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So it's just getting onto some tracks around here. That's going to be like that, but we're currently snowed in. So yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's not much mountain biking to be had at the moment. So, just the snowboarding and skiing and whatnot. So yeah. yeah, just waiting to get more bike time, hopefully. And then we can see what she has to offer. But I think it's going to be good. It's got a good spec on it. So yeah. Yeah. And like, I've been following your social stuff and dude, you are snowed in at the minute. That snow's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's probably near enough. Like a meet the snow where we are. So again, some good powder skiing it, uh, snowboarding in. So <laughs> it's pretty cool in that way. But, I'm dying to get on the bike. I'm just I'm sure. dying. Yeah. That hill you walked up, was that today? That looked that looked pretty <laughs> cool, man. Like a really nice big kind of powder field. Yeah, just just literally the hill across from where I'm staying at, at my girlfriend's. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a two-hour hike up this hill. Oh, very, it was, yeah, up to my up to my waist really in snow most of the way so it was it was a very hard hike and yeah it was worth it again to do a kind of like alps descent <laughs> really the closest thing of getting away so yeah. it was cool had a nice bluebird day and it was yeah good workout in itself <laughs> for the legs yeah, yeah it's cool man I, i'll tell you a quick story um i was in utah snowboarding and 
we went to five or six different resorts yeah. there, but we're in one resort. I think it was called Snow Mountain was the resort, but we seen this big powder field away over kind of in the next valley. And there was a lift kind of got you to the bottom of it, but it was a real, there was nobody really taking it. And we were like, what's going on here? But anyway, we got on the lift and it kind of spits you out at the bottom. And then we hiked. We thought we were going in the right direction. We hiked up the side of this kind of ridge. And as you say, the snow was really deep, right? Up to your thighs kind of thing. And dude, we hiked up that for it was easily two two hours, right? Easily two hours. And then we hiked across and we got to the area where we thought we had seen this big powder field. And when we got there, whatever way the sun was or whichever way the sun didn't hit it, it was actually quite hard. It was quite oh. it had a, it had a crispy top on it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it took us, no joke. See to get down. <laughs> See if you get down that. It took us about six minutes. Oh no! So we hiked for a couple of hours to get a six-minute oh. bad run down. Yeah. Oh, not good. Oh, not good. Maybe that's why there was nobody walking up that hill. Exactly. <laughs> local, local knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man. They, they, they were laughing at you as well as you were walking up. <laughs> I probably were. The guys that seen us walking up that from the other lifts were probably, what are these idiots doing, freaking tourists? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tourists out there just messing about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's an experience, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, totally, man, totally. Uh, but that's, uh, that's crazy, crazy. Uh, so how stoked are you to be a part of that team? Because, like, I know guys that are part of teams and stuff here just to have mechanics on hand for you and just to get your bike set up properly and have all that support is that is that how the the team's going to support you do you think yeah well so the team will will mark some mechanic at his own shop so he'll be doing the mechanic in for us and yeah uh i think we're talking about i think his 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 wife or partner is does a physio so she'd be coming to do physio so that's another pretty big thing for us to have uh because all the big teams got physio uh, and then actually part of the Dirt Fund project, they've actually managed to hook us up with a, a guy that does all the data acquisition. Is it mm-hmm. down? Dynamics, yeah. Dynamics, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll be. I, he's going to be at the World Cup things, uh, the World Cup. So I think he's willing to help me out whilst I'm there as well. So that that'll be if that goes ahead and whatnot. That'll be pretty cool because I've never done anything like that, and it's yeah, just knowledge you can't get just from. Just you riding your bike yourself is finding out on all the little bits of information, and mm-hmm. yeah, should be that should be pretty sweet. But for that terms of support, that's what we have, uh, mm-hmm. what we have at the moment. So pretty good. Yeah, yeah amazing. You love you love the dynamics data stuff, data acquisition stuff. I was, I was chatting to him for the podcast last week, and um, dude, you the, the data that thing brings you back, you will be surprised. <laughs> you know, I don't really know much about it, but chatting to him, it's just unreal. And that has to make you such a better rider. There's no doubt yeah, about yeah. it. For sure. I think for like braking and whatnot, I think exactly. braking's the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, you just knowing like you don't you can think about it whilst you're coming down and run, but really something telling you where you're braking and whatnot and how your suspension's working, it's you just you can't it's not human you can't really pick that up and remember it as well as what the computer is doing so yeah to have that's pretty pretty cool 
Yeah, no, amazing, amazing. You, you guys will love that. That'll that'll really help you. Um, let's chat a little bit about the Dirt Fund project because you were the first one to get the call, right? You were the first guy yeah. to fund at the thousand quid. Like, how did that all come about? How did you first of all hear about the Dirt Fund project? Well, I didn't. I only heard about it, and then like maybe I think the same day I got the the email saying i got the i uh, <laughs> managed to get the funding for a thousand pounds so it happened also quick i, I was wow. working uh so i didn't even get time to even reply really because they said i had to wait a day to replies because i was working and i just thought it was just some made-up thing <laughs> didn't even think it was real so i guess it's too good to be true but uh yeah i was i just i think one of my uh friend will from developing mountain biking in scotland sent me a link to their page on instagram and i was like oh i'll have a look at this and then yeah i just had a look and then i thought why not just email them and yeah i got some got a good email put together and fired it across to them and yeah first person to have uh emailed them and yeah they got back to me straight away and it was just a coincidence that one of their friends uh lisa she was up doing physio in Inverurie, which is only 10 minutes away from where i'm staying that day she was just up that day alone and it just worked out perfect it was just like it meant it was meant to be really strange all happened just like click 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 and it was just so cool getting to speak to daniel and get told that and just have that back in this yeah Yeah. unreal what they're doing for the privateers in uh britain it's unreal yeah it's amazing man it's amazing like you get given a thousand quid and people that haven't been involved in the the scene just don't know how expensive it is to go to these races you know what i mean even you have a team there to support you but it's so expensive and you know the thousand pound will help you so much like what are you going to put it to hopefully you haven't bought a new snowboard or something like that (laughs) (laughs) no no i use the money actually within within the first week to buy my commensal supreme so (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, the money is well and truly gone now, but like to have that thousand pounds to go towards a bike is huge. Like that's, it's obviously like it takes a, maybe a few months to save up that kind of money, and it's, it, yeah, massive help to have that. I needed a downhill bike as soon as possible, and they were actually running out of stock, and just happened, just everything happened at the right time, like it was meant to be. So I just put myself in that right place at the right time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, good. It was got the downhill bike whatever a month or so ago so worked out all pretty sweet (laughs) yeah class man class like you see this is the thing people think because you're part of a team there so you're part of you know the Mm -hmm. 55 gravity racing team they think that you get all this stuff free they think you're given all these bikes and all this gear and all this stuff free but it doesn't really work like that for the private tier sure it doesn't so you like you've had to buy this stuff yourself you maybe get a discount but you've had to purchase it right yeah it's like like with discount it's still like talking a lot of money for for someone that was like again i was unemployed for a bit so i've not really had much time to save or mm-hmm. whatnot so yeah it's a lot of money and it's just i'm just kind of going on just with my can i just gonna have to make it happen by the bike and yeah, just see how it goes, and yeah, it's a lot of money to to spend on a bike. But hey, I'm getting to race World Cups; it's my dream. So I'm not gonna hesitate on buying a bike. That's a lot of money, and getting help and whatever. Just yeah, for sure, it's it's so expensive to go race and 
even just in Britain, just to race up, it's a lot of money. Like I had a good job before, and it's I was I'd never never had much money to do things. I just spent on racing and experiences and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, you it's might very, as well when you're young. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Like the Dirt Front Project boys are, are brilliant, and I think that will only go from strength to strength. I think it's just the tip of you know the tip of the iceberg for those guys. I think they're going to do really good stuff. Um, so you're the first one funded, man. Yeah, it's yeah for that to have happened. Like without them people, it's like I might not even have my downhill bike, my common saw. It's just things leak to each other, and yeah, for them what the dirt fund people have done to me it's like the biggest help of i've like i've had in such a long time and yeah i really really appreciate it and yeah which is a bit surreal really yeah yeah man <laughs> or something like that and what they're doing is just yeah just amazing you can't thank thank them enough just to go out and just do it and be that people that are just taking that step to help privateers in that kind of way it's just massive for the mountain biking kind of community so it's good to see really good yeah yeah the, the mountain bikers are a bunch of nice people right they're oh, good lads sure. like <laughs> yeah everybody's out to help each other no, nobody's nobody's out just to have a bad time everyone's going out to ride their bikes and get away and have a good time and yeah it's, it's just everybody's really good and nice friendly people yeah definitely let's chat about uh training a little bit just before i let you go um are you you said earlier you didn't really train much. Has your training schedule changed? Are you doing more of that kind of stuff? Oh, no, I've definitely been training a lot. <laughs> uh, so I started my t- I, I, well, previous years, I've been doing fit for racing. There's okay, got, yeah. like, a really good uh, workout program. You just pay monthly for, uh, yeah, just that's been kind of my main kind of building of my body and whatever just my fitness for the last for the last three years almost so yeah yeah really like i've just been smashing the workouts just when i can after work obviously it's the job i'm doing just now it's very physical it's not it's not an easy day's graft so come back you may be tired but you just have to get on with it it's hard seeing like all these other people that may, may be racing world cups here they're all fresh and i'm having to do some really hard workout and whatnot just hogging after a day's work but I'm I'm just trying my best and yeah just training when I can just not gonna force anything about myself on well but just doing as much as I possibly can training as hard as I can and yeah hopefully it pays off <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like do you do you think you know do you sit down and actually kind of plan out your gym time next to your bike time do you do stuff mm. like that do you go into that much detail i think when i had my previous job i could do that because it was just a normal like i wasn't really working as hard it was just kind of it was easier going you know you know what you're doing every day with this kind of job it's not really like that you're kind of doing mm-hmm. more physical things one day and then maybe not so there so you kind of i'm just doing i'm just going with the flow like if mm-hmm. i want to do a workout monday or I want to stretch one day, I'll just do which one and whatever's going to benefit me or go for a cyclone. We've actually got a Peloton at uh, mm-hmm. our house just now. So it's that's a really good tool for the for the turbo, basically, and getting some good from like FTP, like uh, FTP tests and your max output and stuff. And 
yeah, get to see how much you're doing. So it's good just to even see that in your heart rate, in your zones, and using that kind of technology to... I've never actually had that before, just to make myself a bit more aware of how fit I am. And, yeah, just getting cracking on inside the garage, you know, well, mm-hmm. homemade gym we've got going on, but just, yeah, making the most of it. And just, yeah. Yeah. Just trying yeah. my best. It's a weird thing when you're, when you're fit, you know, um, it's one of those old scenarios you don't know how fit you are until you lose it you know what i mean mm. um because i'm seriously unfit at the minute because i've had really no bike time with a bust shoulder and covid and everything else and but you know back in the day when i was fit you don't even then you don't think you're that fit you always push harder and harder and harder um do you think that's something with the peloton bike and your gym set up do you think it'll make you a better rider? Do you think it'll make you more focused when you're racing? How do you think it'll kind of help? I think with, I think with any training, if you're if you if you know you're doing like the most you can, even if it's maybe not a lot compared to some other people, as long as you're just going out and doing as much as you can, it just means when you turn up to a race, you've done as much as you possibly can. It's not you've just give it your give it your best. You're, like I don't really care if I'm not maybe doing as much as say like Elliot Heap or something like that so fit for a race and I'm not going to be able to do as much as him because they, they're not working a normal job mm-hmm. like me and I'm, they're not a privateer they're full time factory racer so yeah. I'm just doing what I can and until I get to that point I can then train to like my best ability and sometimes I get to do that at the weekends so it's nice to have like a some some energy to work out and all but yeah it's definitely it definitely helps for sure yeah, for racing yeah. at the level like I'm trying to compete at, you need to be training hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any goals for 2021? My goals, well, to get to the races, really. At this moment, it's not looking, it's not <laughs> to looking too there. promising. Yeah. So, considering you have to quarantine and it costs over one and a half thousand pounds to get back, so I'm not. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever situation. Ridiculous whatever situation i'll end up going to jail or something trying to not quarantine but it's, it's just uh, yeah just have to see how we got on with it it's just so unpredictable you can't really tell but for my my goals would be if, if we turn up to a world cup just to see how i get on have fun and qualify like if i get to qualify for a world cup oh it's just it's just that just the main goal really just go there qualify and do the best i can and if i if not if i don't get to qualify i'm it's a huge massive learning experience for me i'm like i'm not kind of person that'll give up i'm just going to take it on board and use that for the next year in 2022 where i'm sure it'd be a better year for racing again so uh yeah just go and try qualify for world cups and just have fun that's it <laughs> happy days happy days and i think with the team there with you i think it'll be much better you know it's hard to do stuff yourself or with another mate but if you have the team and the support that that will certainly help you relax and help you probably be faster and get better results yeah for sure like having our team put together for this year is, it's going to be like going there yourself or with other your other friends it's not really much of a setup but if you've got a team and everything's kind of figured out and everything's in place it takes a lot of stress off of the weekend hopefully and yeah it makes focus on the the riding really not nothing else and mm-hmm. hopefully the bike's all sound and 
don't have to worry about changing your tubular setup or something and just just keep your time on riding and focusing on the main goal and whatever qualifying for world cup so yeah having a team there is going to be yeah huge huge for the yeah just huge for us to even just everyone else in the team just massive just to have them there backing us up and us just work working together as a team as privateers so it should be good evidence just going out to do the exact same thing yeah cool man cool well listen how can people find out more about you callum and get in contact so uh so if you were to go into my social media it would be it'd be mcbainer underscore is my uh instagram page and uh we also i also have a i also dig trails locally it's uh called yeti trails and if you want to follow like if anyone wants to follow that that's just our local kind of trail digging spot that's yeah, it's really good. A few people rode there, like Greg Williamson and whatnot, and they loved it. So it's a pretty, pretty cool spot. It's just like a big, jumpy flow of playground where I train and got a little World Cup tracker, or pretend World Cup tracker, making there just at the, this moment in time. But that's where most of my Instagram uh, content comes from. Uh, where else? I don't really use Facebook too much, but Instagram's yeah. where you're going to get me at. That's for sure. All right, cool, man, cool. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on, dude. It was great to have a chat with you, and uh, I hope 2021 gets going and you get to go out and get get racing there. I think with the team and all, you'll really love it, dude. I think you'll really be in your element there. You'll be stoked off your box. like. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it if it goes ahead. So, yeah, let's just keep our fingers crossed and, yeah, let's just keep it, keep our heads up and... Yeah, I'm sure lockdown's not going to last forever. Mm. Yeah, good stuff, bud. Well, listen, thanks for your time. I appreciate you coming on the show. And um, I'll be keeping an eye on seeing how you get on throughout 2021, all right? Oh, thank you very much. Really appreciate you having me on your show. So, yeah, great. That's a wrap for episode 181. I hope you enjoyed that, folks. And I hope you've learned a little bit more about what goes into the privateer lifestyle, how... You know, these young guys and young girls go about funding this, how they go about working towards their dreams, and they work very hard at it. You know, it's a full-time job, on top of a part-time job, on top of schoolwork a lot of the time, all this kind of stuff. So it's not an easy route, but these guys, they knuckle down, they get down to the hard graft, and they get there in the end. So Callum, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on the show, it was a pleasure to chat to you, and I wish you all the best for your 2021 race season I know you'll do good things man so good luck keep it between the hedges as they say on the old road racing scene around here and um, I hope you're standing on a few podiums throughout the season so good luck mate good luck with that now folks if you want to know more about Callum and more about what we chat about on the podcast just simply go to the show notes MTB Dice Tribe search for Callum's episode 181 and you'll get a little more insight into what we chat about social links to Callum video all that good stuff is all there easy for your access now if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support the best way is simply by subscribing rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people if you're not on Apple don't worry you can find them subscribed via Stitcher Spotify Podbean iHeartRadio or whatever podcast platform you listen to your shows on. 
We also have a website, mtvdicetribe.com, where you can find the complete bike catalogue. Listen and download every episode from there for free. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the podcast. You can also get involved on social media. We are at MTV Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to get in contact with the podcast, you can simply PM me there. Or if you prefer the old-fashioned method of email, just simply get me at info at mtb-tribe.com. Well, that's a wrap for this week, folks. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'll be with you next week for another exciting show. But until then, as always, get the bikes out, hit the trails, and stay MTV stoked. <laughs>